The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies! Movies! Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Michael Sanchez. Hello. And filling in for Corey is Craig Seibert. Hey guys. And Craig uh, was on a recent episode of Top 5 Movies where we, uh, him and I had a long conversation, got to interview, and we got to hear his all-time Top 5. And you liked it so much you had to come back, huh? I, exactly. I couldn't I could just stay away from it. I, it was a necessity. <laughs> and uh, Craig and I go way back. We used to be in some uh, a band together back in the day. can't believe how long it's been, but... <laughs> Um, we won't get into that because that'll make me feel old. So, uh, and then it'll be another hour conversation too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another podcast then. Exactly. Um, and Craig, uh, you do have a new, another podcast called Music Musing that we'll go ahead and talk about real quick at the front of the show. Um, how's uh, that going? It's going fantastic. Um, I actually got ten episodes put out on my uh, WordPress blog, and I've moved them over to iTunes, but I'm releasing them one a, once a week to kind of get everybody back up in the speed. Um, so I'm up to number four, actually number five drops um, on Sunday night, this Sunday night at midnight. So tonight at midnight, not the date or the podcast, but um, it releases tonight at midnight. It'll be ready tomorrow morning. Uh, and I think we're actually going to have John on at some time in the future. Um, you're going to be doing a, a soundtrack one possibly with us in the future. So I would be uh, honored. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's going pretty good. It's at uh, musicmusing.lipson.com. I'll tell you, uh, Mike, uh, Mike and Corey on a couple of episodes of Top 5 have gone off on long tangents about music, so they might be willing to do an episode eventually, I, too. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught my Instagram. I've been posting my afternoon and morning music bits, and people seem to like it. So I'm going to do that on my Instagram stuff. Which you can follow Mike on Instagram at... At server monkey, I was going to mention it at some point. Yeah, we always do at the end, but you know why not? Just go ahead and get it out of the way. You can follow me it's a, it's at Burke Reviews. A tease. It's a tease, so they can keep listening for later. <laughs> Correct. Um, and before we get into our top five movies for this week, I want to quickly plug another podcast that I've started. Um, it's a monthly podcast, so it's not as crazy. Uh, but uh, my friend Matt from What I Watch Tonight and I started a new podcast called Bloody Awesome movie podcast and our first episode just came out today in fact when we're recording this so it's been out for a couple days by the time you're hearing this episode but um you can subscribe on itunes or go to burkreviews.com and listen to the episode uh by the time this is up we should be on itunes but bloody awesome movie podcast um we do a review of the previous month so this first episode we're looking at four movies that came out from february that both matt and i went and saw and we give our reviews um, of the films with no spoilers, completely spoiler-free. So uh, feel free to safely listen and hear what we thought of four big releases from this month, including, and dreadfully, Fifty Shades Freed. So, um, <laughs> but uh, tonight, our top five movies topic is going to be our favorite movie games or game moments, um, in, inspired by the new release of the film Game Night. Um, you guys, have you seen the trailer for this movie, Game Night? Yeah, a couple times. It's uh, 
I wasn't sure what to make of it, and then once it gets to the funny bits, and I'm like, but you know what it feels like to me? It feels like another take on very bad things. Oh, okay. I, I see. I thought it was like a comedic version of the game with um, Michael Douglas. Um, oh, that's a good pull. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm a big Jason Bateman fan, and I recently mm-hmm. be, uh, realized how great Rachel McAdams is. Um, mm-hmm. True. So I'm I'm sold on this, and a friend of the show, uh, Brendan, texted me today after seeing Game Night, saying that he thought it was really funny, and so was the the crowd he was with was laughing throughout the film, and he was really, ex- you know, excited to hear that because you don't always uh, go to comedies and actually get a crowd that laughs. You know, sometimes they're just sitting there in silence, and it's not a good sign. But he he sounds pretty positive. It's actually sitting with a 66 Metacritic score right now too. So. Um, looks like this might be one of those rare successful comedies. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm planning on tomorrow, in fact. But um, I wish. I w- you, you don't have to go in tomorrow, then. I don't. My boss uh, uh, was super kind and gave us the day off. We got all day planning. We don't get any time in our rooms tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. Uh, that's, that's always tough, for sure. Um, I thought I was going to – I thought we were supposed to have the morning to uh, work and then the afternoon meeting – and um, six o'clock on Friday, we got an email that hey, you know, go ahead and take the day off. So um, I will still be working, but I'll be working from home and then hitting up a movie and stuff. So all right, well, uh, this week for our top five movies, um, I'm going to be going first. Uh, Craig, our guest, will go second, and then Mike will follow up in the in the third position. Um, before we do that, uh, I'm going to do our spoiler warning because Corey's not here, but. Um, before you listen to the rest of this podcast, you might want to check out our list on BurkeReviews.com or in the show notes to see what movies we're going to be talking about. There is a chance that we will be spoiling these films for you, so you want to take take a look first to make sure we don't ruin something you've been planning on watching. Um, next phase, Mike, before we start, Craig and I have to wager how many of your list we have seen as per the norm. So, Craig, I'm going to let you go first since you're a guest. How many of Mike's list do you think you will have seen? Well, I've actually listened to a couple just to kind of get a bead on on what what Mike watches, and I'm going to go with one. That's a, <laughs> that's a wise choice. <laughs> well, it's for two reasons. One, I, I'm, I haven't watched a lot of newer movies, so I'm going to kind of be out of the, the loop on some of the newer movies. So, And it seems like that you guys guys all three have the trend of looking at new movies for when you're talking about top five and two i just they're pretty obscure i, I watch obscure movies too but I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go with one yep i will go with two because this is such a broad topic i have no idea what mike was thinking when he started to go in um and just to clarify for our listeners um what when i wrote the idea for the movie games my thought was like anytime a movie character plays a game whether it's a board game video game technically sports count as games i didn't i don't know if uh i didn't say you couldn't use sports but i don't know if you guys went that direction or not we'll find out here momentarily but um as per usual we like to be kind of ambiguous with our list so there's a chance these guys have interpreted the movie games completely differently uh than what i was anticipating but since the uh, game night is predicated on a group of friends playing a mystery game like a uh, murder mystery type game over dinner and then it goes awry. Um, I thought it was a, an appropriate topic because some of my favorite scenes in movies are when people are playing games with each other. Um, and of course, there's always the metaphorical game, like guys say girls play games with their minds and things like that. So who knows? I have no idea what these guys have done. I know what I did. So 
I'm going first this week. You guys ready? Ready? Yes. All right. So my number five comes from a movie I've uh, recently watched within the last year, um, directed by Darren Aronofsky, called The Wrestler. Have you guys seen The Wrestler? Mm-hmm. So the scene that no. I picked. Oh, oh, Craig, it's a lot to add. I thought you, you were going to go with pie. Ah, I considered pie, but the reason I went with the wrestler is there's a fun moment where it's kind of a sad moment, I guess, in the in retrospect. But um, he wants to play Nintendo with one of the neighbor kids, and he has his old wrestling game where he's the Ram. He his character is actually in the game, and they play like one one match, and he beats the kid, and then the kid starts talking about Call of Duty, um, and it just kind of shows how like he's living in the past you know he hasn't been able to move on he still has nintendo um he's still playing this old video game when he was at his prime and that's a big element of the film so i thought it was a really appropriate scene to pick because yes there is a game but it also really sets up kind of who this guy is who the ram is um played by of course mickey rourke um it was an excellent film from 2008. Highly recommend uh if you haven't seen it like craig i i say (laughs) pick this one up um there is uh, unfortunately, Marissa Tomei does play a stripper, so there is some nudity in the film. So if that's you know, it's not necessarily a family movie, but um, otherwise, it's it's fairly tame outside of that. But um, that's my number five pick. It's the wrestler when they play the wrestling game on Nintendo. Because I also should note that reminded me of my youth because I am I've always been a big fan of the wrestling games. So well, I have I am too. It's just I, I think there was one that was very recently few months ago probably that was free on free with games with gold and just mm. the controls were just so contrived and un- oh yeah they've gotten more and more complex and yeah i just want to mash buttons and yeah do all that stuff and it's just not the same but that, i don't even remember that part in the wrestler it's been so long and it's not that it wasn't a good movie it's just it's been there's been so many that have been watched yeah well i watched um all of aronofsky's films last summer except for pie because i saw pie the year before but uh in preparation for mother's release in september i i went on a binge and i caught up his whole repertoire and i really liked the wrestler um quite a bit i'd actually seen most of the movie previously but i didn't remember a lot of it um so it was it was worth rewatching. but um now Craig, i wish uh, i could remember if there's any games in requiem for a dream i can't oh yeah there is there is actually oh right trying to think where yeah now i'm like wait where is there the game in requiem um De- oh i mean there is the game show that the mom looks yeah yeah she's, oh that's right yeah that, that, would, that, that would qualify yeah because she's trying that's her whole arc is trying to get yeah. skinny to be on tv so yeah that's yep. right yeah that's interesting i had thought of that <laughs> And then in Pi, uh, which I don't know if that's on anyone's list. I don't want to give anything away, but there is a game involved with Pi as well, which I'll save for later. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Are you giving us a spoiler on your list there, John? I'm not. I, think so. I'm not. <laughs> I, I promise it's not. I, I, it is on my uh, honorable mentions, though. But, oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, that's my number five. Uh, Craig, I do recommend you check out The Wrestler. In fact, if you liked uh, Requiem, I, I say watch all of Aronofsky's films. Okay because they all have something to offer i loved mother um i think mike did too um i really got into it. i want to watch it again i'm trying to talk my wife into watching it she won't have anything to do with it yeah i don't blame her uh no i mean sometimes we got to push those boundaries and it's just Mm. it's a really i'm not gonna try to do that with my father-in-law but (laughs) just uh, to see her take i don't want to taint because she hasn't read nothing about it knows I'm just seeing what her takeaway would be of it from, you know. Yeah. Well, I I also loved it, um, so I I definitely recommend people check that one out. But, um, 
I hope everyone's everyone's still there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry, I heard something click. Um. Okay. Then that leads us to Craig's number five, uh, top five movie game. So I'm going way back. Um. So in ET, they actually have a Dungeons and Dragons game running <laughs> throughout the parts of the film, and you know it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about his, uh, you know, getting lost in his past because he's playing an old video game, but. I think that showed a lot about this group as well. I don't know if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, but it kind of gives you that that uh, fanical adventure mind where you want to go out and, and you know research and chase things and have adventures. And for them to be playing Dungeons and Dragons in the game and then kind of go on an adventure with an alien was you know tied in really well with it. Yeah, um, I actually didn't remember that scene, but when I was doing research for this list, I came across it, and I was like, man, I knew Stranger Things had pulled a lot from E.T., but I didn't realize that even the yeah. D&D element was pulled yeah. from that. So. Yeah, it's definite, definitely. Well, there's a, there's a it pulled from a lot. And, and the first time... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the first time I'd seen E.T., I was actually playing D&D at the time. No. And, <laughs> Yeah, so it was. It, it kind of hit home to me and stuck with me for for quite a while. And it's it's such a, you know, it's not a big part of the movie, but I think looking back on it now and relating to what you said about the wrestler, it kind of it, it does shape those characters in the movie. So for sure, um, yeah, I've actually been meaning to rewatch ET because it keeps coming up in conversations lately, um, especially because Ready Player One's coming out. So a lot of you know Spielberg right. fantasy comparisons. Um, not that it has anything to do with aliens per se, but just that whole. Uh, family-friendly kind of sci-fi movie, so um, I've been wanting to rewatch it. So that's uh, this is it keeps coming up, so I'm gonna have to just jump in and watch it. Well, that was one that was just on again the other day, and I've just been catching. Sometimes I have to catch bits and pieces of it. I know as I'm getting ready, I can't just get involved in one, otherwise I'll never make it to work. But that one was on at a time where I could watch it to the end, and even even to this day, which isn't game-related when and i forget these lines until we watch them again and it's been happening more and more those little bits and pieces when they're mentioning we're we're getting elliot back but we're losing et and i'm just sitting there i remember all those times i saw it in the theater and even now i'm still i know what's going to happen i know he's going to be okay (laughs) i've seen it he's going to be okay everybody it's only been out for 30 some years Uh, (laughs) um uh but Still, at that time, it's just—I don't think anything. Let's see, 1982. It would have been nine. Could have been more heartbreaking to a nine-year-old. And I know, I know, it's not the only one. You, you talk about getting that crowd reaction, and I think every time watching it. So that still holds up. Definitely worth a rewatch. Yeah, totally. That's a, a good pick. I was actually expecting that to possibly be on Mike's list, but we'll find out here uh, momentarily, I suppose. Um, Craig, do you have anything else to add? No, I, I mean, one of the, my favorite characters in it is C. Thomas Howell. Um, he's, played, <laughs> play, he's played such small parts in movies, that I, I, but I really enjoy a lot of the stuff he's done. Uh, you know, it sucks that he's kind of just been a B-film actor for so yeah. long, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he's he never one of my quite top crossed actors. over. No, he never did. He just he would hit movies here and there that would kind of peak, or he'd be second cast in it, and it would just the next movie would be like B-roll bad stuff. So. <laughs> Maybe he needs a better agent or something. But yeah. I don't know. Is he the one that pulled down the balaclava? I know one of them did. I can't remember if it was his character or not. Right at the end when they're getting the bikes. It's been so long. I just watched it, but I can't remember if it was him or the other kid. I, I think oh, it was yeah. his. I think it was his character. 
It's just something the way he rolls that down and then focuses it right on his eye. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm definitely going to have to rewatch this. I like. It's a movie that I feel so familiar with because I watched it so much as a kid. But at the same time, like it, it's clearly the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, man, I definitely don't remember as much as I think I do. You know, like I remember probably the iconic scenes, but that's the gist can, of it. Can I just give you a heads up? Just go out and buy a bag of Reese's Pieces before you <laughs> see it, because you're gonna want them afterwards anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I, I don't mind eating those anytime. Set <laughs> uh, a trail, trail for yourself, just so you know <laughs> where you need to go to watch it, and hopefully you'll beat the animals to the. Just for legal for, for legal reasons, Reese's does not sponsor Burke Reviews podcast. The um, oh, sorry, the peanut butter bit candies, chocolate coated, um, candy coated, peanut butter candy coated candies, non trademarked. That's a lot to say. Okay, that's candy. why they never. That's that's why they probably never had a a, a generic brand of that. Yeah, milk, it's... milk on the side of a white carton. That's just generic all right mikey uh we are at you man what's your number five all right well i think i've got you both because none of my picks go any further than and this will help narrow it down than 1996 so none of mine will be newer ones okay to your Uh oh (laughs) to your detriment or to your benefit we'd have to see so that said my number five pick has a lot to do with nostalgia for me and to be honest most of my picks are going to in one way or another and with in any case i was really pleased when the sequel for it appeared almost three decades later for 1982's tron i figure the effects don't hold up for today's audiences but the idea well and probably even now the idea of physically jumping into a video game realm was for me just a young boy's dream and you know, in an, to an extent, I mean, my son's in the other room playing Fortnite or whatever, uh, multiplayer online, and we're not doing that physically, but it's become second nature. If a game doesn't have a multiplayer component anymore, then the replayability is very limited. And so, you know, that's that's a big deal. And I wonder if this, I, ooh, I wonder how much this might have influenced some uh, gaming publishers. But anyway... Uh, the, between the scenes, because there's several games that go go on here, and they're all fight for his life. Light cycle races, uh, the light disc duels, um, which fit all, to me, perfectly kind of meshed with the story. And then seeing it on a standalone Tron video game cabinet where you can actually play, you know, and save your character's life. I mean, that just, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of quarters. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know... Uh, I love this one. It probably could have been, but there are so many others to pick from that belonged in higher spots. That's what I went with. I, I was really, really, I really liked Tron Legacy and thought about it, but not everybody remembers the original. My son grew up with it because I, you know, he yeah. had, yeah, yeah, he had to. Uh, my daughter, you know, she gives her takes. I actually had to. You know what's the crazy part? I decided i'm gonna put on as good as it gets and they both sat there for a good amount of it and <laughs> i think getting emotionally involved and then it was really heavy and then i'm like oh they left uh, but yeah. that was tron from 1982 so, well, so john yes I, i'm i'm i've been mixing audio all night and basically if i had the audio clip in front of me of what he just said i would just copy and paste that down to my line ah. because <laughs> because i only have seen it but it's actually on my list <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and I want to echo, you know, everything you said. I, everything you said was great. I probably spent, no kidding, in quarters, probably two hundred fifty bucks when I was oh, a kid, yeah. j- just on that game because that was actually the game that the only game I played. We went down to the arcade. I played Tron. That's all I played. But hmm. in the movie, there's the scene the first time they see the light cycles where there's a guy actually playing the game, and <laughs> just yep. slowly dip down into the actual game. I was blown away as a kid, yeah. and I'm still blown away every time I see that scene. It's amazing. With what they had to work with, let's see, that's 82, so it was in production, let's say, 80, 81. It was amazing. And yeah. on top of that, and as you recall, and you remember the game, it wasn't just like uh, Galaga. It's wave after wave after wave, space yeah. invade, wave after wave. You go through, you, you know, you're fighting, uh, you're going to Ram, you're going to... The light cycles, the, 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 I forget the spiders' names. There's specific names for those little spiders, and you had to fight yeah. them. It's different. It was, it was di- for the time when we were used to games that are levels that just get more complicated and difficult and faster, this switched it all around, and you had all sorts of different, and it fit with the film. When you had like five choices in the game, too, it wasn't like yeah. you had, you know, you're playing Galaga, you're going to just go up levels, and it's going to be different. You had five. Or maybe it was only four, like four completely different games to play in, in Tron. Hmm. Wow, yep. man. Um, so I'm on the other side. I've never seen Tron. Uh, it's, been, <laughs> oh, no. it's been on no. my gap list no. uh, for a long time, and it. You know, I was born in 1982, guys. Just to remind <laughs> you of that. Um, so that one, uh, my mom never got into. Like ET, my mom got into. So I saw ET at a very early age. And many, many times. But my mom apparently was never interested in Tron or the Goonies, for that matter. I didn't see the Goonies till like, two I'm, years ago. I'm with so, you, and I still haven't fully watched the thing. Um, but, so, Tron's been on my, my radar, obviously. Um, I just, as, I think because there's no nostalgia for me, like, it looks cheesy in, like, the previews and the trailers. And so I haven't gone to it um it is on my list and i will watch it i just have not made it there yet look, look i'll go out on a limb and say that tron did for movies then what the matrix did when it came out mm-hmm. yeah i mm. can say that. it's just sadly it didn't have i think people were confused with it and so yeah. the mm. box office didn't reflect the amount yeah, especially, of especially being a disney movie right yeah right. uh they ran into the same thing with the black hole way back when yep, exactly that they did. I haven't seen that either, but I am familiar with the story of both. Okay. <laughs> you need to turn in your sci-fi card, sir. Oh, you know, <laughs> come on. I saw Annihilation, uh, and so my sci-fi card is fine. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I did finally get to Black Panther yesterday. So, oh, did you like it? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it, so. <laughs> oh, no, well, we're not going to spoil that. Just I, I never let. Uh, my kids were up and down. Cat, oh, go to the bathroom, get a girlfriend. Nope, I'm not doing that. You're getting it. I, 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 it was, yeah, definitely. I can see why it's made so much money. Yes, for sure. Um, <clears throat> all right, well, that leads us to my number four. Uh, actually, Craig, are you going to tell us where Tron falls, or are we going to just wait uh, do, and get Do you there? want me to tell you? Because I can tell I'm you. I'm not sure. I think let's just wait and see. Okay, we'll wait. Let's see. try that, because we you've, you've said your piece, so when we get there, you'll just say it's there, and we'll yeah, move on. Exactly. But all right, cool. Let's we'll wait and find out where okay. Tron falls on Craig's remaining four. Um, my number uh, four is Ocean's Eleven from two thousand and one. Um, <laughs> sp- specifically, the uh, 
poker scene where uh, Brad Pitt's character is training all the celebrities uh, how to uh, read bluffs from Danny Ocean. Um, it's such a great scene because one, like I like seeing those young actors playing themselves and being kind of kind of douchey, like Joshua Jackson, Topher Grace are there. Um, I got Brad, all reds. Yeah. <laughs> And I love I'm a, I'm a Brad Pitt fan, um, especially 2001. Oh. I was very much still in the Fight Club, so I was all about Brad Pitt. Um, in fact, I think Brad Pitt is my favorite character of Ocean's Eleven because he's got that weird trait that he's always eating or drinking something yeah, throughout too, the whole film. It's like you're in my head. It's scary. <laughs> and well, we've been doing this for a while now, so um, <laughs> and it's hard to not like George Clooney. I mean, George Clooney's super charming, right? So um, <clears throat> it's such a good scene. I, I had a few different poker scenes pulled out. Uh, but this is the one that made it onto my list. Um, one that we'll get an honorable mention later is from Maverick, which Maverick's actually already been on one of my previous lists. I don't remember what for. Maybe our top five Mel Gibson movies. That's what it was. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I almost pulled Maverick's scene, but so much of that movie's poker where this is like one distinct scene that was hard to, to pass up. Um, so I went with this one. I really love this scene. However, I did not love it enough to include it in my top five. It is in my honorable mentions, but mm. for that specific reason, he is telling him and trying to teach him and making probably a really good, that character is making a good amount of money off of them and mm-hmm. they are not even paying attention. And I thought they were doing it for, you know, they were going to bill it as film research or something along those lines. And again, that little character trait, I want to get in shape so that I can be walking around and just eating whenever i want to eat because <laughs> right. i have no time uh you know that's 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 a goal i want to be brad pitt so once you see me start get, getting classic <laughs> surgery and getting the blonde hair and oh no yeah uh, <laughs> you know well yeah, i will the... oh go ahead greg no, 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 I, will, no my... I will say that it was a steven soderbergh film and mm-hmm. we, we i just last night watched uh logan lucky and oh nice it's a fantastic movie. I love it. It was one of the better movies I've seen in a while, but it really had the feel. I didn't even know it was a Soderbergh film until I got to the end. But as soon as it, the movie ended, I said to my wife, I said, this that really feels like a Soderbergh film because of the way it was set up with the you know, the intricacies of the, how they're stealing stuff. And I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. but I um, have, yeah. And then the flashbacks at the end were you know just very trademark of his stuff, but... Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on Ocean's Eleven. We, I watched that not too long ago, and that scene is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I believe I called Logan Lucky uh, Redneck Ocean's Eleven, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So, <laughs> uh, wow. But, okay, that's really uh, well. It no, Channing Tatum and the whole crew—they're from West Virginia, and they really play up the Southern accent, oh, which oh, is man. It's it's a little distracting at times because it is Look, so over the top. But I hate to say it, but Daniel Craig actually does it better than the rest of them. I know, right? Craig <laughs> Craig's my favorite part of that movie. Although it is, um, I think I walked out a little a little down on it. But I, in retrospect, I've the film's kind of grown on me over time as I I look back on scenes like yeah, that actually was really funny and that was really, um, it was still. Again, it really does feel like Ocean's Eleven, and I think that might have been where some of my criticism came because it was like, well, yeah. he just made the same movie again, but with characters. country characters, yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver is really funny in it though, with his uh, one arm. But it is on <laughs> no, um, Amazon no, Prime no, now. One hand. Uh, one hand. It's funny hand. you mentioned that. I just started it up, <laughs> so there we go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they just added it to Prime like a week or two ago, so it's out there to watch. Yeah, so check out Logan Lucky. All right. Well, that that's my number four is Ocean's Eleven. We're going to Craig. What is your number four? So um, there's two movies that came out that were based around uh, board games that 
I, I really love one, and I, the other one I feel is mediocre, and they're probably the opposite of what you think. Uh, I was actually a huge fan of the Zathura movie. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Dax Shepard anyways, through you know, yeah. Idiocracy and yep. stuff. And But that movie and them playing the game, there was always... You know, in Jumanji, there was always lull times, down times where they were trying to build the story. In Zathura, I always felt like I was on edge, like... Hmm. I'm, I'm waiting for them to make that next move because they got to save something or they got to get their house out of peril or, you know, they need to make sure that they've got they, a place to hide. It was it was really, for me, a better movie than Jumanji because of the intense nature of it. And it was sci-fi as well. It was a lot more sci-fi than it was kind of Jumanji. But, yeah, I, that's actually the one on my list. And they kind of played the game throughout the whole oh. thing. So. Well, I I, th I thought it made excellent use of Kristen Stewart because she was frozen most of it, right? I agree. Uh, hey, hey, she is a good actress, guys. You have to see Personal uh, Shopper. Oh, oh, oh. I good, good might be a little strong. No, I you do, haven't I do, seen. I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> this is where my my movie viewing is gonna. <laughs> you need to go watch Personal Shopper before you judge Stewart as an actress. Um, well, well, but, honestly though, Josh Hutcherson's in it as well, and he, mm -hmm. he's. He's actually really good in it. I, I, I can see... I, I'm not sure why he hasn't got picked for a lot more, a lot better roles lately. But, I mean, he was in The Hunger Games and stuff, you know, that series. But he, he actually did really well in this movie, too. He's also in The Disaster Artist, if I'm not mistaken. Very small yeah. part, but yeah. um, he's funny in that. And then uh, I, didn't re I, I didn't see Zathura, actually, because I was, one, a Jumanji fan. But also, 2005, I was just out of college and kind of... Um, Actually, yeah. playing in a band with you, Greg. I was going to say. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do need to watch it mainly because I am a fan of John Favreau, and he is the director of this right. movie. So. Yeah. I will, yeah. There's a lot of his touch in it. See, he knew what to do with Kristen Stewart. <laughs> uh, poor Kristen Stewart. <laughs> also, while we're on the subject, Robert Pattinson, also a much better actor than giving credit, check out Good Time, available on Amazon Prime, um, an A24 film, in fact. So... Uh, personal shopper you have to rent though but it's really great um it really showcases Stewart's abilities um she is a mumblecore expert though so be be beware of that she's gonna kind of <laughs> she is a mumbler um to a degree but um i don't know if uh i know mike you haven't seen the new jumanji but craig did you get a chance to see the new jumanji film i haven't seen the new one yet that's one where i got on the list to take my son to see but we've been busy the last couple weekends but it, it is on the list for all the family to see so I gotta say, um, I went in very apprehensive, expecting it to be like a uh, just bad almost, and it ended up being super fun, very very funny. Jack Black is hilarious, and maybe one of his best performances since at least School of Rock. Um, hmm. And the Rock is is top notch too, and the um, the structure is where I think what really works. And it's not on my top five, but it definitely could have been because um, they integrate the way they integrate the video games into it, which just works perfectly. My worry is the Rock used it all up for this, and that Rampage is going to oh, be a Rampage disaster. Rampage looks like a disaster, though, dude. That movie looks uh, bad. I loved that video game. It's funny we're yeah, talking about Yeah, the, me too. <laughs> yeah, but that was it was a fun game, but it didn't even have a story. So, like, I what? don't know, man. Yeah, it did. It had the scientists and, you you know, the people eating. and That's not a story. <laughs> That's it just has, things. Like, John it has had a things. As a side note, I was I brought up Zathura on, on Wikipedia because I couldn't. I, you said Favreau or uh, directed yep. it. 
list of producers? Actually, Peter Billingsley is on the list of producers. Oh yeah, yeah. He's... <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's that. He that's what his job is. He's since, wow. you know, hmm. since playing Ralphie, he had to do other yeah. stuff. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to pay lot. for his uh, soap poisoning death therapy, so. which actually makes sense because he does appear in um, Four Christmases. He he's a flight, uh, not a flight <laughs> attendant, but he's a ticket sells seller at one of the airlines that uh, Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn go up to. Um, you recognize him by his eyes because he has those very arresting, like ice blue eyes. Uh, um, uh, he entranced yeah. you with those. He did. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's move uh, into Mike's number four. All right, well, I'm going to quote the film because it's perfect at uh, this particular line. The only winning move is not to play. How about a nice game of chess? And, you know, for me, when a grossly underpowered, by today's standards, computer can quite quickly and accurately, accurately predict that nuclear war isn't such a good thing. Ah. What does that say about us? Or specifically, what does that say about someone who gloats about having a bigger button? In any case... 1983's <laughs> War Games. Dang it, man. Uh, You're already over my number. That's a uh, question. <laughs> no, that's a good thing if you have more than, more than one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, if, if you didn't pick up on that, that's what I was referring to. Oh, I did. <laughs> War Games, Matthew Boderick, Ali Sheedy. Let's try that again. Ali Sheedy, Dabney Coleman. And, you know, it. I know it also inspired a sequel in title only, and I tried to watch that disaster. Don't. It's... I'm going to give it the he who must not be named treatment because it's to me, this one would probably still hold up despite the dated technology, the hokiness that are that's in some parts. But when I, basically, whenever David gets overly curious and starts tinkering with what he thinks are games in development, he triggers what's basically a DEFCON level situation. And really, the lesson you hear, kids, is don't go clicking around in places that you shouldn't be. And, you know, just saying with that said. I probably would have very likely clicked around on said menus and very much remember the way those days were because there were it would literally be just like that. There were we are so used to GUIs now and OS is that way that you know I I have a few kids in my I think my ninth graders so let's say 14, 15, a little bit older give or take um, depending on them that will know what a command prompt is, but some mm. will watch and if I'm doing something and don't use the mouse that triggers them. It really bothered them that I, or you know, I'm looking at them as I'm typing something on the screen that blows them away. They're like, "How do you just I know my yeah. people?" Um, in any case, so he's trying to get into a game, and he, global thermonuclear war sounds fun, and that's where he goes to, and they let sets in, in into motion this whole thing where now he's being chased, and they've got to find this wreck reclusive jd salinger type tech person and it's it brought back a lot of memories and that was one of the first ones my number one pick was actually already the number one pick so when i get to that we'll see if you agree with my pick but i mean this one brought back memories of paying extra for long distance charges because aol didn't have a local number to our town and i was not smart enough to realize when raven was local to our town at the time <laughs> uh, I didn't know. Um, and don't even get me started on Yahoo's RIP chat rooms. I mean, so many lost hours of sleep chatting to random people all over the place. And I'm surprised it's still not around. I guess people so, have... So, so the, the acronym BBC is probably throws you for a loop, too. Um, <laughs> British Broadcasting <laughs> Channel? Bulletin boards? 
Oh, VBSs, yeah. VBSs, oh. I'm sorry. VBSs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, I'm like, oh, man. That's good stuff. So, before Craig talks about war games, which I guess he's going to, um, I also have not seen war games. <laughs> so, I, I won't talk too long about it. I mean, he's right pretty much everything. It's, um, the only thing I remember, I, I remember him standing in the room and hearing the Shall We Play a game and <laughs> just, just thinking, wow, there's a computer that's, progressing it's thinking it, it's growing mm-hmm. you know this was before the terminator this is before i you know i had had experience with the terminator but you know it it just made me think why are we letting computers do this why are we letting them run everything oh well now here we are fast forward to to almost 2020 and they're yeah. running everything <laughs> wouldn't we have learned from the war games movie know, come on exactly. people or the terminator <laughs> Clearly not, because we are living in idiocracy. So. Yeah, uh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, War Games, I don't... It's, again, I was one when it came out. It was apparently a movie my mom didn't get into, um, which doesn't surprise me. She's still not, to my knowledge, very techie. But um, this is... It's clearly a film that I would have liked had it been brought to my attention. And I think... I don't know if it does hold up or not, Mike. I, it's one, though... That I have another issue with, and I'm not always a fan of Matthew Broderick. Like, I love <laughs> Ferris Bueller, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a, plenty of movies that I don't enjoy his character, um, or at least the movie itself, uh, Godzilla, Ring a Bell. But, mm-hmm. um, oh, don't even. Yeah. So, so, going back to it, there's not a lot of appeal, um, although Ali Sheedy's in it, so that's that's well, appealing. I, I think his character, his character resembles a lot of. of um, Ferris Bueller in this. He, he was about not too much older than that, anyways. Um, and he's got that very kind of mousy, you know, hide in the shadows type feel to it, too. So I think you'd probably be okay with it if you were okay with them. Um, okay. The Ferris Bueller. All right. Just, just watch it, but like put a little overlay of C. Thomas Howell. There, you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's what I need. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, Mike's number four. We're going into my number three. And um, I'm bringing Bill and Ted back, but not from Excellent Adventure, but from Bogus Journey. <laughs> because I could have gone a different direction here. I could have gone with The Seventh Seal, where a man plays chess with death throughout the movie. But how much more fun is playing Battleship, Twister, uh, the vibrating football game that I've never actually played, but I've seen made fun of many, many, many times. And, um, oh, I'm forgetting the game. What's in between Battleship and the vibrating football game? I wish oh, Clue. It it's Clue. Oh. It's Clue. Um, and, uh, death is hilarious in, in the scenes. Um, uh, it's played by William Sadler, which I didn't realize that was him until <laughs> just now. What? Um, what? yeah. And I, he I'll is be hilarious. Honest, I haven't watched this one. That's a gap. Oh, uh, well, I highly recommend it's not as good. Um, but there are funny moments. The moments with death are hilarious, uh, especially because they beat death in battleship. The scene is great. And, um, he's like, uh, you must play me again. And they're like, what? He's like, two out of three. And that becomes a, a recurring thing where he's a sore loser. He keeps adding to the number of games. Um, and it, it's it's increasingly funny. Um, Bill and Ted are, are being Bill and Ted. And uh, yeah, it's it's a funny sequence. Um, and it, I've never forgot it, actually. It's probably the one thing I remember most of this movie. I have seen it. I think I've only seen it once all the way through, though. Um, there's some weird stuff that happens later in the movie, and it's not—it's definitely not as good as the first one, but it has its moments, and this is one of them. 
silence. <laughs> I need to. I need to watch. I mean, I love the first one, and it was neat to see the Bill and Ted cosplayers at Sci-Fi. I mean, I stopped them. It was really strange to hear them talk because Bill was British, so I was like, "Oh." Um, but I yeah, wish that's I weird. Relate. I wish I could relate. Yeah, I guess. I guess the only thing I have to say, I've seen it once. I'm. <laughs> it's not definitely not high on my list, but I, I can't. You say William Sadler and. And I, I can't see or hear him without <laughs> Colonel Stewart, man. It's, it's just diehard, too, every time I hear his, his name. Um, no, I, I, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun thing to watch. And you're right, the game scene is actually pretty good now that I think. I, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's, it, it is pretty fun. Yeah, that, that scene's great. I mean, I, I would just I actually just showed my students uh, the first movie earlier this year. We did a whole lesson on Bill and Ted's, and I was curious to see how it would hold up. And um, for the most part, they were they were into it. Although they did nitpick a lot of the '80s stuff at the end of the movie, but like during it, they were laughing and having a good time. So they were just trying to, you know, not admit that they like something from the '80s. All right. Well, it, that's it's just it's funny what we, that they'll do that because you know we both have our own students and mm-hmm. one finally was the push for me to get into Supernatural. Thirteen seasons into it now. And so now I'm picking up on references, and I, I mention it. They don't know that they just know Supernatural, because mm-hmm. I flipped out that Linda Blair popped up in an episode. Oh, that's a good episode too. <laughs> yeah, it was a fantastic episode. And the references and the nods, and then the very next episode, they they have a mention to oh, I've forgotten his name already now, Robert um, the the bluesman. Yeah. No, oh. no uh, it's, it's it's with regards to Crossroads, and it's just. They're getting all this stuff, and Robert Johnson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they. I'm like, you, you got, and then kind of find out, you know, their parents aren't really into sci-fi. You mentioned it, your mom isn't, wasn't really techie. I'm like, you have so much to learn, but you have taught me. So I'm like, it's a yeah. weird Well, interesting enough, the first five seasons of Supernatural were all pre-planned by one showrunner. And then it goes off the rails because he leaves and they keep the show going, like you said, 13 seasons in now. Um, so after five, it gets kind of wonky from season to season. But um, how far are you in? I just got to those episodes. Season two, I forget when, and I'm getting into okay. a point where Man. I know the, the – yeah, yeah, and and they have to think back. It's, again, it was so far back. I'm like, geez, I feel – I guess it's one of those things everybody's watching. I don't want to watch it. and yeah well i i was very late to it because it it looked like it was just going to be a show for like girls to latch onto because you have two cute leads or whatever but they're actually really funny and i love those guys those guys are great well my Um, draw my draw was felicia day and oh yeah that's right that that came up as a point and then they proceeded i she she broke my heart this student of mine and she's like well you know she i'm like no i haven't you know and i read spoilers and this i I specifically have avoided spoilers oh man oh uh, you know, I never do that. And so, no, really. You're getting, then they start proceeding to mention other things that happen. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. Uh, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's funny. I was almost going to give a spoiler because I know you don't usually care, but I'm going to hold it now. But okay. um, <laughs> Thank you. you're welcome. Uh, let's let's go to Craig's number three. Well, you kind of already mentioned it. It's the, the game, the David Fincher film. Oh, oh great. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so weird because he's playing a game, but he thinks he's not playing a game and then he thinks he's playing a game and then he's not playing a game and 
I, you know, I'm a big fan of Fincher's films anyways. Me too. Oh man. I, I, there is until Prometheus, the third alien was the only movie I would watch of those series, but, Oh wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think this, the, the interplay between Penn and, um, uh, Douglas are just when, when, the, when he, Sean Penn comes into the scenes, it, it, it's where he gets confused. It's where he's, you know, totally thrown for loop. He thinks he's playing a game this is his brother bought and then his brother comes in and just basically says they're not they're they're tricking you they're they're doing this they tricked me it's such a mind game throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. and it works and when you get to the end you're like oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the way to the end i mean that was like yeah all the, the way to the end two yep. moments <laughs> of the film yeah that was, my number, that, that was the, my number definitely it's the whole thing throughout works and Wow, yeah, it's been so long. I don't think I've watched it again since the theater release of it. I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it on VHS like the year it came out, and I, I was not aware who David Fincher was, but I'd seen several of his films at that point. It wasn't until I became an adult and was like, oh, I love all of those movies, and it's all by the same guy. I get it now. But, um, you know, there was no IMDb back in 1998. But, um, 98? I Fincher. No, I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't know about IMDb in 1998. How about that? But um, I uh, the the game came out in '97, actually. But um, you know, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of Fincher's work. I've been meaning to rewatch all of his stuff, basically, because like I saw Zodiac in the theater and I loved it. Social Network yeah, Zodiac was, was such a surprise to me because I who was like a Facebook movie? How stupid! And <laughs> I saw it and was like, this movie is amazing and. I've watched that a few times at this point. I, I'm just blown away every time in the score of, of The Social Network. is phenomenal. But um, I've been wanting to rewatch this movie because I've never forgotten it. And I've made several comparisons to it because there's been several movies that have attempted to recreate this type of thing. Um, Nerve was a, a good example. It came out, uh, I think, two summers ago, Nerve came out. And Nerve is totally um, like a modernized social media version of the game because you sign up online and then you think you're playing a game, but are you really playing a game? Are these people manipulating you? Um, it was you know right there in the same same vein. In fact, I kind of forgot all about Nerve and I wish I had thought about it for my list. But nonetheless, um, the game, good pick, Craig. I'm I'm glad that to see that on someone's list. I I've forgotten about it and I should have should have remembered that one. With that in mind, Mike, what is your number three? My number three. All right. So oddly enough, this one I just did an Instagram story about yesterday morning waiting on my Fitbit watch to charge because it does me no good to track steps. I'm not going to waste my steps if I'm not getting tracked. <laughs> I need I need that kind of affirmation electronically. Um, and so I happened, I think it was already on the channel. Um, and it's one of those must-watch films whenever it's on, so it worked out well. 1992's Sneakers, and mm. it stars a ton of slew of people. Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, Dan Aykroyd, R.I.P. River, River Phoenix, um, which i got to remember that because it's a whole other story on that. Uh, David Strait, not River Phoenix, but people that are no longer with us. David Strathairn, uh, Timothy Busfield, Mary McDonald. I don't remember if this was pre Dance with Wolves or after. I really don't remember. There's a whole lot list of character actors, but the gist of it, there's a main group that plays a team, most of these people that I just named, that specializes in identifying security holes for organizations, and they're, they are tasked with the job of all jobs. This is a MacGuffin that, you, well, I mean, you actually get to it and you actually see it. And as they're figuring out what the deal is with it, they're in the middle of playing Scrabble, 
and they end mm. up using those said tiles to figure out anagrams for what they're looking for. And this isn't really telling you a whole lot, but they end up figuring out too many secrets as part of it. And so it, it, I, it, it incorporated it really, um, felt really naturally to me. And it, for, it, it moved the plot along and it worked really well. Honestly, this film clicked mm-hmm. with me all the way. And it still to this day holds up for me because, yeah, it is kind of dated with the time. There's some voice recognition things that were still get, they were introduced. I mean, this is 92, so they were already talking about that to get into some security systems and temperature detectors. And because um, I think that was, I think, used in the first Mission Impossible film, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, and the noise detection and whatnot, and just it's it's you would think it's more actiony, but it's not. Um, Hudson Hawk could use a few hints from this one. Uh, oh. Paper, uh, <laughs> paper film. Um, you know, I can't remember if I saw this or not. I feel like I might have saw it in the theater with my mom, um, like at Mugs and Movies kind of thing back in the day. But I can't remember for sure. But I feel like yes, because of Dan Aykroyd's involvement. But uh, man, I can't, I wish I could remember. Um, his is a minor role. I mean, still, it's just really great. It's mostly Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier. They're, honestly, it's just what an ensemble and what all these all this talent. And I feel this is one of those that got overlooked. I don't recall seeing it at the theater. I remember seeing it on video release, and yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Mm. And Craig, you've only got two picks left, so this one can't be on your list. So, have you seen uh, Sneakers? Uh, you know, I I want to say that I've seen it, but I honestly can't remember any of it, so I would say no. Only on just on premise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might have seen it when it came out years and years ago, but I, I really don't recall too much of it. I mean, I look at the front of the box, and it reminds me that you know I might have seen it, but I I really don't remember seeing it. Yeah, I wish I could. I I definitely remember the movie, like the name of it, and everything like that, like. So at the very least, I, I remember seeing like trailers for it and thinking like sneakers. That's a weird name. Um, like it would have been about ten issues, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that could be deceiving. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the part that got me, and it's what I think I put on my story, which is not now since expired. But there's a spot where River Phoenix's character can have anything he wants, and he asks for one of the female operatives' phone number. And it's a really funny interaction between that that them and, well, I don't want to give it too much away, but someone that shows up that I did not expect, that I did not name on my characters list. Um, but, yeah. There's hmm. just a lot of little scenes that just really work so well. Well, that's one to check out if you haven't seen it. Um, my next one, I don't know if you've noticed, so I, my first pick was The Wrestler, and he played Nintendo. Second was a card game. Third was board games. So the fourth one, I thought, why not go with sports? But not sports we're all familiar with. I thought we would go with a movie where the characters create their own sport, um, oh, and it oh, takes oh, off. No. Oh, so oh. I went with 1998's uh, Matt, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's Basketball. Um, have you guys seen Basketball? Nope. I watched it until the game started taking off, and then I don't know why I stopped watching. Yeah, I saw this in the theater um, as because <laughs> I was a big South Park fan. So the first movie with the guys that do South Park, I had to see. And I, I've 
was a fan of it um i don't know that it's necessarily a good movie but it definitely made me laugh in fact i rewatched the scene where they kind of invent the sport to uh show up these two douchey like <laughs> guys um and i i was still i was still laughing at some of their jokes um like i still i, I just recently played through the two south park video games the um uh fractured butthole uh, it's fractured butt hole and um <laughs> the stick of truth and those games had me rolling while i was not only are they fun games to play like if you like playing like rpg especially old school style rpg they're really fun but uh the stories were just had me laughing so hard and um they they've always been really good about adding like social commentary in lieu of like jokes and they they bash everybody you know they there's nobody safe and um this movie still cracks me up i haven't seen the whole thing in years like it's probably been a good 11 12 years since i last saw this i mean jenny mccarthy's a lead so that says something right but um, <laughs> well that, that stuff they have a character do yeah and um yeah some of the stuff, and yasmin belief too so baywatch and uh singled out alums here but um I, uh, I still have a, a fond spot for this, and I always thought basketball seemed like it would be a fun game to actually play. If you like basketball but you're not super athletic, this is a game for you, especially if you're good at talking crap because that's a big part of it. Um, but <laughs> so I, I, I feel like that's a movie that maybe is forgotten, and there's a South Park's still on the air, guys. It's been on for over 24 years now, oh I think, or 22 gosh. years. Um, so if you're a fan of South Park and you like what they do, check out basketball. It might be, uh, it might make you laugh. It may not, who knows? And I'm sure there's some offensive moments in this movie. Uh, what? this is it's 1998 <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of things that were, uh, still happening in 1998 that were no, are no longer deemed okay. So bear in mind that that's a potential thing, especially with these guys. Cause these guys, uh, pull no punches. So that's my, uh, number two basketball. And the invention of basketball, which in case you're new to this, uh, it's basically they combine basketball and baseball together to make a new sport. And it's awesome. <laughs> um, so, Craig, I take it you've not seen that either. I have not. Um, okay. I, I don't think I it's it's kind of like that. I have a hard time with movies that that where it's kind of making like dodgeball was not a movie for me either. Ooh, I, yeah, I, I know, and everybody keeps telling me, go see it, it's not just about, you know, funny silliness, but I have a hard time with this. I don't even like Vacation, to be honest with you. I mean, just <gasps> movies like that, yeah, I know, but <laughs> movies like that just don't, uh, they're not my, I'm not the target audience for it. I, I just, I, I, hey. I, I like comedy, but I don't like the slapstick comedy stuff. Hmm. This one is a lot of slapstick for sure, and yeah. also, though, there's particularly one character um, whose name is uh, Doug? Nope. I'm sorry. His name is Squeak uh, Scolari, <laughs> and he he is totally the slapstick guy. He gets tossed around, slammed around. Um, but a lot of the movie is uh, witty, um, blue humor. A lot of dirty jokes yeah. here and there. But yeah, it's you know, it, it heads up everyone. It is an R movie, so be mindful of the <laughs> the language and the. I don't think there's any nudity, but there's a lot of sexual innuendo in the film, um, and some direct just sexual commentary, but. Uh, I don't think there's any actual nudity in the movie, though. So, there's a plus. But, let's go to Craig's number uh, two. I mean, we know it's going to either be War Games or Tron. Uh, It's not War Games. I said I've seen War Games. Oh, I misunderstood. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought that was on your list. I apologize. Sorry. Sorry. I I said I've seen it. So, that put me up to two that I've seen on his list. Um, Okay. uh, No, actually, number two for me is Blade Runner. Um, oh. There is a scene where yes. they're they're yes. playing chess, and um, 
there's What's a scene on your where, mind, Sebastian? Yeah, exactly. That, that that scene always stood out to me. And honestly, I you know it's always stood out to me because it's kind of a turning point in the movie. It's a turning point where Roy finally gets into um, Tyrell's office and gets to talk to him, and he kind of does it through a sneaky way. But for me, I actually looked it up today just to see where you know what it said on Wikipedia about it. And I guess that game is actually based off of a famous chess game, the Immortal game from 1851 where two guys had played against each other and the one guy gave up all of his main characters and beat the other guy with three minor characters on his on the board, minor pieces on the board. I had no idea. But they do play chess through in that one spot and that that part of the movie always sticks out to me where he stops the elevator and he's, you know, wants to know what he's doing and Roy tells uh, Sebastian, I think, um, you know, make this move, make this move, and it basically gets him entrance into Tyrell's office. So it's, that's what it always stuck out to me. I didn't even include this on my honorable mentions, and I have watched this over and over. <laughs> and I, I always remember the, you know, the Star Trek three-dimensional chess scenes, but I, there wasn't anyone. But that one is pivotal because he knew... Tyrell mm-hmm. knew Sebastian could not have come up yep. with that particular move because it's not in him. And, I mean, we know, having seen this, or if you haven't already seen it, that Tyrell is a kind of... that. I think he revels in being above all of his underlings. Yeah. And so, but, you know, I mean, the comparison between Tyrell and a, not quite Ivory Tower, but in his inverted ziggurat, pyramid <laughs> building and what where sebastian lives i mean that's if that's not you know sort of class stru- indicative of class struggle you know what is and and you know sebastian has come up with these designs but he lives in a dump yeah in the middle of nowhere, yeah, yeah and, and on the other side of the tracks in the sticks yeah and i think yeah. if you if once i looked up that game the immortal game and i realized how many steps it was to beat tyrell that means that Sebastian had given up a bunch of his major pieces, and that even again made him more cautious of why is Sebastian do how is he doing this? There's no way he's doing this on his own. So yeah, it was just a pivotal part of the movie for me. Hmm. It's just and you know uh, let's see that's eighty two right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Thirty six years and again I have seen this. I remember the scene. I remember what he says to him. I just totally forgot it for this particular list that should yeah. be my number one honestly <laughs> i've seen that movie several times in the recent years um i am having a hard time remembering that scene though but i did watch it uh i watched every version i could get my hands on of blade runner um about maybe i guess it was probably five years ago that i i went through that little phase but um i did love blade runner 2049 though so just throw that out there but um I have seen that one, but that's not what matters because it's not on Mike's list, unfortunately. <laughs> well, so, and unfortunately, you know what my number one is now, too. <laughs> I do, yes. Yes, I do. Um, so that leads us to Mike's number two, though. Mike, what do you have? All right, so I'll just say the names. You'll know what I'm talking about. John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, Ron Livingston, Heather Graham, amongst others, in I one of my it. most favorite Doug Lyman films, Swingers. Now, I know I've mentioned this one before. I've mentioned a couple of other ones, uh, my other picks on the, my list. But there's something about the huge hubbub, the whole huge deal that's made about this jaunt to Vegas. Vegas, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, Vegas, I mean, baby. It's, a, it's a big deal. And, you know, then upon finally getting there, 
and having Mikey pretty much blow all of his money on a terrible hand of blackjack where he and Trent are going back and forth about doubling down and he knows what he's doing and loses anyway. And then he has to put her on over through the low stakes table and watch someone else get cut. You know, if you spend big money, you'll get comped. And then there's a little old lady and he's looking with these, uh, you know, this whole, it all, it sets a tone for the way that Mikey is. It reveals his character. It reveals what Trent's character is like because they end up comparing one, you know, well, how much are you down? And he know he knows that Trent knows exactly how much he's down because he hasn't blown his, his money the way Mikey did. And um, the rule really here, the lesson to be learned is remember to always double down unless you're Mikey and you're going to lose any no matter what you do. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, I, this is on my honorable mentions. Uh, I actually had a couple of different blackjack scenes. I ended up going with poker instead of blackjack. <laughs> but that's um, a good scene, though. That's a great scene. It is. It is oh, good yeah. Scene. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, I think all of these are great scenes. And I, I figured one of the reasons Swingers wasn't on my list, too, though, is I figured you would have it on there because you've been a major supporter of this film uh, for a while. I think you might have even been the one who encouraged me to finally sit and watch it, which I do not regret. And the phone call scene is still one of my favorite <laughs> scenes <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, that, I was just going to uh, mention that scene. That's probably the best scene in the movie, actually. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene so much. Um, it's so, like, because you are like, please put the phone down. Stop calling. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, Nikki, oh, you were there. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many little bits, though. Ron Livingston coming over because he's from East Coast and, you know, mm-hmm. checking in on Mikey. It's like he, you know, Trent's the one that's around all the time. Sue's around with him all the time. But then all of a sudden... That character, Ron Livingston's character, pops in. Hey, when's the last time you were eating? Have you, you know, he's. It's like he, it's his buddy, and you know. Yeah. It, it, it. There's a lot of little bits in there that are thrown in, and then once you get around to the end, and just the way it resolves itself, and then you see Trent really, for what he is. I'm thinking of a term nowadays that's thrown around a lot that I couldn't even say now because of the <laughs> go off the rating. But you know what I mean. Um, you know, it's just. Yeah, I love this film. Wish I'd caught it somewhere. It never would have come to our county, but you know, or no. like, or something. It's yeah. More people should know about it. I agree. I mean, and Favreau's had a, a great career since, and so I've so is Vince Vaughn, obviously. But um, I I think this is such a great uh, entry point into Favreau. I mean, I don't think it's even his first movie, but I think this is his first like leading role. And um, cause I'm pretty sure Rudy came out before this, but. Uh, he's so good in this movie and then made um made is great and it's uh favreau's directorial i think um but vince vaughn is so hard to deal with in made and he's hard to deal with in swingers but he's he's more likable in swingers oh, than made, he is in made. made he drove me nuts we've had that conversation yep. oh yeah we have um we're both big fans of these of these guys working together so all right now before i get into my number one I want to go back to basketball for just a minute because I've been like, <laughs> thinking about it for a second. It's your number, and it's your other, it's just, take something. It's not my. No, no, it's just number two. But I want to point out that um, as I was mentioning that how they pull no punches, I forgot a major element of the film until I was sitting kind of dwelling on that scene. That um, there's a lot of commentary on major league sports because like when they make <laughs> basketball, they don't allow teams to move cities and they don't allow players to be traded, which are a lot of issues that people have with like professional sports in general. So I thought, you know, there it is. That's South Park's way. They they like to find comedic ways of commenting on things they don't like in society, and uh, basketball is a really 
you know, it's a good example. Again, it's super silly and it's B all over the place, but it's super funny. Um, so I just wanted to give a little more defense. But my number one is a Happy Madison production, which should make you concerned, right? Oh. That's like, oh, no. But um, it's from 2006, and it's Grandma's Boy. Oh. Now, whoa, if you whoa, didn't whoa. see Grandma's Boy. In a number one spot? In a number one spot. Because of the scene. Um, one, this whole movie is stupid funny. Uh, it, it has young Jonah Hill. Um, Alan Covert, who is a regular Adam Sandler actor, but not a leading man in any other movie, to my knowledge. But he he has the lead in this. Um, Linda Cardinelli, Cardellini is Samantha. We got Peter Dante, who is, again, a regular in the Sandler films. And Nick Schwartzen, who is, again, a regular in the uh, Sandler films. But Nick Schwartzen is the one who gets the scene. Because ever since this movie, anytime I think of uh, playing games in a competitive way, there's a moment in this movie that comes to mind and it's um they work they're video game testers they work at a video game company and their jobs are to play the games and try to find the bugs and so they're both really good at video games both uh the the lead actor again whose name is alan covert plays alex and nick schwartzen's character uh who plays jeff um jeff gets challenged to dance dance revolution by one of the other testers uh and the uh, the testers assuming that Nick Schwartzen has never played Dance Dance Revolution, and so he goes first. Schwartzen goes second, and uh, the guy goes first, and he's dancing around, having a good time. He gets a really good score, and Nick Schwartzen's like, "Okay, God, so how do I do this?" And he starts dancing, but he like tears it up. I mean, it's ridiculous. You can tell it's not actually how you play DDR, but it's for the movie. It's very funny. And then you hear the the machine, like, the score is going crazy, and um, he gets a high score, and his reaction to the high score is just, it's, if you know Nick Schwartzen, it's it's all Nick Schwartzen. It's very uh, delivered, very monotone. Um, it's like, high score, what's that mean? Did I break it? What does that mean? <laughs> and, like, the, the other guy's walking away. It's just this, like, humble brag moment that every time I play any competitive video game, it comes to mind. So when I was thinking about games and movies, that was the first thing that popped in my brain. And so it immediately took the number one spot. Not that it's the best movie, but I think it has some of the, and there's actually several other scenes with video games that are really fun and very, very funny. Um, And I do think it's one of uh, more of the underrated uh, Sandler films. Again, much like basketball, it's a blue movie. A lot of the jokes are very raunchy, but um, I think Alan Covert does a good job in this movie and Nick Schwartzen cracks me up anyways. So I've had a a soft spot in my heart for this movie and went with it as my number one. I might have to pick it up and just watch it. Just just out of it being on your number one, that might might actually (laughs) just have to watch it for that reason. Hmm. I, I'm worried. I'm worried only because you were just saying how you don't like all these types of comedies. I'm like, oh, this might be in that that well, vein I, where you're you know, not gonna like it. <laughs> I, I like him. In, I like him, Wedding Singer. I like his part in Wedding Singer, um, a lot. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and you know, I Wedding Singer's a little bit more on the story side than it is on the, the slapstick stuff. It so, is. I mean, I'll, I'll give it a shot and and see, but you know, I'm not gonna promise I'm gonna finish it, but. Yeah, um, I, I, there's definitely there's some good video game moments. I I found Alan Covert, uh, and I also loved him in The Wedding Singer. Actually, that's probably his best role outside of this movie. Um, and I was so shocked when this came out because I'm like, how did he get a lead? Like he's not he's always been the the sidekick right. character. Um, and then Peter Dante is usually the other sidekick character in the Sandler films. In this one, he's the pot dealer because uh, it's a Sandler movie, so there's going to be some raunchy stuff. But um. The, he moves in with his grandma and her two roommates, and uh, Doris Roberts plays one of uh, plays his actual grandma, and she's got some funny lines in this movie. So just 
Uh, you guys will know her. For, she was in uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, the mom in that. And she recently passed away, I think, like a year or two ago. Um, but she's super funny in this. So Cool. And Mike, you, you haven't seen it, huh? No. I don't know that I even really – I mean, no, I don't it, – it's one slipped by me in a lot of different ways, I guess. <laughs> well – there you go, guys. Uh, that's a random pick to throw in there, but it's, you know, I like it. And so I, I, I feel like it fit the category. Um, keep in mind, this is our best movie, like, game scenes. This is not me saying it's the best movie. Right. So just to clarify, don't go in with, like, this, like, well, it's going to be high art. It's not high art. It is lowbrow, very funny, If you, especially if you like video games and you don't mind pot humor. It's, it's pretty funny. Well, I think Donkey Kong is the best video game ever. <laughs> Donkey Kong sucks. Oh, yeah, you suck. <laughs> I didn't get and, between you guys. Come on. End scene. Um, so, uh, Craig, yeah. we know you're number one. Yeah. Go ahead and drop it on us. I mean, it's Tron. I, I, like I said, I, it, kind of the same way Mike said. I, I, it's nostalgic for me, but it's also it was it pushed the boundaries of what movies could be at the time. I mean, I, there's there's articles on it out there where they talk about you know how long it took them to render even you know two seconds of that movie and it took them you know months and months of just rendering to do a scene but the idea of being in a game and in a video game at that point in time you know i don't has anything even been done since like that because i mean the matrix put you in a different world but to put you in a game was it was groundbreaking i i didn't even know how to process yeah. it at that at that age and and to see that actual scene where they're standing in the arcade playing and then kind of zooms down into those guys and you're like wow <laughs> there's actual guys and there's a machine doing that I could go in there I think that I mean it, that's that was classic game movie for me yeah I mean uh, I guess Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle approaches the idea of being sucked into a video game and obviously <laughs> Tron Legacy yeah yeah, oh, yeah. I, and Legacy was really good too so but yeah that's a, but there's much much more I can say about it. All right. Well, that's Craig's number one, Tron. We have one left. Mike, what is your number one movie game? All right. I'm going way back in my nostalgia machine and going again all the way back to 1984 when I was but a mere 11-year-old server monkey at server monkey on Instagram and everywhere else probably. The idea of using a video to recruit intergalactically completely blew my mind. And I... I I doubt that it would probably hook people today the way that it did for us in the 80s. In any case, the entirety of the film, The Last Starfighter from 1984, revolves around mm. Alex Rogan, who has got the high score in Starfighter, who was played by Lance Guest, who I don't have any idea. I didn't look for deeper into his credits to see if he was in anything else. But it was brought... No, he Because of his score, because of his performance, not realizing that this game that he is playing is a test, it's a recruitment. It's the America's army of the time uh, for the planet Rylos, who are in dire need of starfighters in order to fight back, get this, because I never clicked with this and I've forgotten, against Xur, X-U-R. Clearly... Oh, someone at Bungie pulled the reference from this, and I don't know how they're not paying royalties or if, or, or if they I, are. I think there's a little the the two dots over the, ah, the, the, the okay, U. Sir. I think is Stuur versus yeah, exactly. Stur. 
Uh, I see. It's the Swedish version. Probably. Um, okay, so that's what they did. Nice job, Bungie. I think. I think. I'm gonna look it up just to be sure. But uh, I, I, the last time I went to him, I knew there was something weird about the name because I'm not. Don't mean to trample on on you talking about it, but I love this movie. This is one of my probably top 50 movies to watch as well. So uh, it's, keep talking. <laughs> it's it just totally taps into that boys' fantasy, and I would say even nowadays girls' fantasy that you know. You play a game, and now you are the intergalactic hero known as, you know, I guess you could get a call sign. I don't even remember. It's been so long. But, yeah, I mean, just that being used as a recruitment tool, I'm actually surprised they haven't tried to remake that. They did. They oh, I thought, I'm oh, sorry. I misunderstood where you were going. I thought you were going to say, I'm surprised our military hasn't tried to do this. And I was like, they did. They made a game called The Army. Yeah, America. That's their... why I said America's Army. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, but... Yeah. Um, to remake the the actual game itself no i um this this is a sad day for me mike as i have seen none of the movies on your list at all (laughs) and i've seen three (laughs) (laughs) so Corey is now ahead of me because i believe we were tied and now Corey has taken the lead um thanks to craig (laughs) um wow she brought in a ringer she did yeah see so, um, but this movie uh, I am familiar with, as several people have talked about it, and I've heard it referenced and everything else, um, and other things. And um, I don't know. Again, I, like Craig made a comment earlier about my sci-fi card, and now I'm starting to think I might need to at least have it say that I, I didn't join the sci-fi club until like the mid '90s, because <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of '80s sci-fi apparently. Um, so yeah, uh, it's on it's on my watch list now. I don't know when I'll get to it. I don't know. Do you think it holds up? I uh, so, so sto- story wise it does. Yeah, I think, but I think, uh, yeah, but the acting is not stellar. It's not over the and top. The, sure. And the visuals are going to be yeah. rough. But for me, it does hold up. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I guess I could say it's my grandma's boy of my list. Because <laughs> well, really, no, I, honestly, if I thought of the Blade Runner part, that probably would have usurped. And would have made it onto my honorable mentions list too, but. Mm. And I, I could have bumped ET for for Last Starfighter. That that, when I was saying it doesn't hold up, I think it's for for somebody to go back, John, like you to watch it. I don't think it's gonna, you know, with with having so many years of looking at sci-fi now, going back and watching mm-hmm. that, you're probably gonna be let down by it. But, you know, when you mm-hmm. were there and like like Mike said, you're you know you're getting recruited. You're doing a game, and and it's your dream to be like. I'm yeah. going to do that for real someday. And then somebody comes and says, yep, you get to have fun. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool idea for sure. Um, I think Mike's comment on the remake would be great. Cause I, that is my concern with all of the eighties sci-fi stuff is that I'm just going to be so disinterested because of the special effects that I won't, I won't get uh, sucked in the same way you guys were when you saw it originally. I will say that it's, not as bad a comparison, you know, let's say between Star Wars and Turkish Star Wars. <laughs> so, you know, there is that. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> that That's our top five, everybody. That leads us to our honorable mentions before we go for the week. Um, I'm up first. Uh, I had considered a, a couple of things that were left off my list because of uh, redundancy. Um, for example, I've talked about Scott Pilgrim versus the world way too many times, but, uh, the knives and Scott playing DDR was on my list. Um, I am a fan of Jean-Claude Van Damme's blood sport. 
and there is a scene early in the movie where he plays a karate uh, arcade machine against um, <laughs> the other guy, and I considered that. Um, Mike, I was actually thinking this might be on your list, but Mallrats, um, Brody playing Sega hockey, uh, you know, and that being a big plot point in the movie that him playing hockey is one of the reasons Renee or playing video game hockey, why Renee wants to leave him. You you know what's funny? You bring that up. Swingers has their own hockey scene as well. And they even yep, call it, yep. they have two, two separate hockey scenes. And they're like, come here, Superfan99. I'm going to make uh, Wayne Gretzky's head bleed. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I, I this would have been reaching, but I considered doing Scream. Uh, do you want to play a game? Uh, you know, the trivia movie game that he uses yeah, as his yeah. kill setup. Um, I had the Hangovers Blackjack scene as well as Swingers, as I mentioned already. And then um, Back to the Future 2, Wild Gunman. Oh yeah, that was a good scene too. But I talk about yeah. Back to the Future so much. You mean you have much. to use your hands? <laughs> yeah, and that's Elijah Wood. Oh, I know, gosh. with the cowboy hat on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could even do Back to the Future three because they do that in, with the old style, the actual, the yeah. real actual gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, uh, Craig. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, yes, I have. I had third one. It was in my head. Um, anyways, uh, Rounders is definitely. One of the ah. ones that should have made my list. I, I, it, it's you know obviously they're playing cards throughout the the, the entire you know movie, but mm-hmm. the scene where he gets caught cheating. If you watch the go back and watch the scene slowly, mm-hmm. you know it's really easy to see when he does it. Um, and the cookie scene at the end just blows me away. I love that scene every single time I see it. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I'd thought of it earlier. The the scene where they catch the guy cheating in the casino. No, no, and when um, uh, Ed Norton is cheating at the table. Oh, I think he said in Casino, the movie Casino. Oh, in Casino, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that was one of my honorable mentions. Um, Jerry Maguire, I like the um, the football oh. scenes where they shoot um, where uh, Cooper Gooding Jr. is actually playing on the field. Those scenes are shot really well. Um, and I had another one, and I can't remember what it was now, so I will pass on that <laughs> at this point. All right, and <laughs> – uh, Mike, what are your honorable mentions? Uh, I included Ender's Game. I just didn't think it was strong enough to include in the top five. But the whole idea, again, I guess in a similar way, although Ender's Game was probably written way before Last Starfighter, where they're using that as war games, but actually they're under the illusion it's a game, but it's reality. Uh, and then the, the moral ramifications of the genocide that they've imposed on another species. Mm. Um, was a bit kind of heady, even though the film overall didn't really work as well as it could have. Uh, Jumanji I included, which we talked about, but Sithura, I could see the, I could see the points made for Sithura. So there, uh, Ocean Eleven, Ocean's Eleven, we mentioned another '80s throwback. Uh, Jenny Lewis, who is in Kilo Riley band now, or I think she's on her own as a solo artist, but uh, also Fred Savage, The Wizard. Oh yeah. Are, where you're traveling across country to play yes. a tournament and the power glove and the, all this big deal. Uh, Star Wars Episode Four, the, uh, the strategy. Yeah. Board, mm-hmm. yeah. The, 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 the game between our two. The chess. TV. Yeah, the, the holographic chess. That's really cool. Where you yep. do the P- uh, I debated uh, including Harry Potter. I didn't actually. I'll be honest. I didn't include him on honorable mentions. And the, uh, the whole thing with Gladiator, because really – you know, Maximus is in these are games for their lives. Yeah, true. He's got that whole scene, are you not entertained? And that whole thing, and it worked with me. I just didn't include it in my top five. Hmm. 
Yeah, and I, there's a few of those that you mentioned that I had on my that I like. I I don't read everything because I when I start making my list, I just like brainstorm as many movies as I can that meet the criteria, and then I start kind of weeding things out as I go. Um, but there's so many different ways you could have taken this. I mean, just sports movies alone could have populated the list, but I decided to try to stay away from sports. But I, I remembered what my last one was. It was the Saw series. Oh, <laughs> yeah, duh. Because technically, you they're play playing game? games, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's a good that's a good call. In fact, um, one that I wish uh, I had thought of. And Freddy Krueger, um, what is one of them uses the power glove? I think I can't remember which movie, <laughs> but it was like a product placement, like really heavy wow. in the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, so that's our list, everybody. We'd love to hear your top five movie games. You can email your list to us at contact at com. That's contact at burkreviews.com or you can follow us on the social medias i am at burke reviews uh craig where can people find you um well i'm at uh, my first name craig underscore cybert s-y-b-e-r-t um, but i've also got a twitter handle that's music musing and an underscore so they can check out my uh my podcast there too as well and mike i'm at server monkey and I do highly recommend, if you haven't given Music Musing a chance uh, to subscribe to that podcast, I've had a great time. Uh, multiple mornings, I'll listen to the podcast, and it, either I make it all the way through, or I have to admit, I think in episode four, I stopped halfway to go and listen to the Toadies, um, because I was with my daughter <laughs> listening to it, and I was like, oh my god, you have to listen to the Toadies. So I uh, brought up Rubberneck and was rocking out to uh, the, the whole album. Um, but then went back to the podcast and finished it. So it is, if you're a music fan, it is a very kind of fun way to reminisce and think about music and also hear some things that you may have never heard. Uh, cause there's definitely some artists you guys talk about that I'm not as familiar with. Um, so definitely recommend it. Uh, you can listen to any of our other podcasts at Burke Reviews. Um, we have a few others, the Rough Cut, uh, Bloody Move, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. And of course, on this, uh, channel where you're subscribed to top five movies we also do movie club and we are going to be rebranding it right now it says burke reviews podcast we're going to be rebranding that soon so keep an eye out for the new graphic and the new name you do not have to change your subscription it is the same it'll just uh, appear in your feed slightly different so keep your eyes out for that um guys thank you so much for giving up your time it was a pleasure yeah, definitely fun it, well uh next week's episode of top five movies we're going to have an interview episode um, where, where uh, Craig is actually my co-host on that episode because Corey and Mike were not available. So I pulled Craig in um, to help out with that. So we're getting a lot of Craig in I three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, I look forward to uh, for you to hear that episode, listeners, because it's a really fun interview. I thought she was great, um, Michelle uh, M- Miller, and uh, Craig was a, a great co-host. Yeah, so, she, she was really good. She, it's very entertaining, extremely good. Yeah, she had a lot to say, and her explanation for why she likes the Fifty Shades of uh, movies was the best I've heard. Uh, best I've heard. So uh, listen up for that one, folks. But um, in the meantime, you can visit BurkeReviews.com, and thanks again for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's John Burke. You know how much I love movies. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you love movies, too. And what we do here at Burke Reviews costs a little bit of money. It doesn't cost a fortune or anything, but none of us are rich. And that's where you come in. You can support BurkeReviews.com by either subscribing to our Patreon, where you can give a set amount to us monthly, a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, and ten dollars. And we're not asking you to just give us your money. You get perks for uh, signing up on our Patreon. 
you can go over to patreon.com slash Burke Reviews and see exactly what those perks are. You can go to BurkeReviews.com and click on the Patreon link and it'll take you right there. Um, but if you're not willing to commit to a monthly donation, which we totally understand, there's an option to just donate one time. Uh, if you go to BurkeReviews.com, on the right side of the page, you're going to see a donate button. And through PayPal, you can donate us any amount of money you wish um, for doing that. We will read your name on our uh, the next episode of the podcast, whether it's Burke Reviews Movie Club or Top 5 Movies after the donation is made. Um, with uh, our truthful, heartfelt thanks. Um, not to mention that one of the the perks of being a subscriber is you get um, your name on our website as a uh, supporter of BurkeReviews.com. Um, it's hard to believe it's already been two in, two years and we're into year three already. Um, you know, we love what we do and we hope you love it too. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks for the support. And back to this podcast.